Thank you so much again for coming out tonight. We've got a, a good little word for you tonight. I, I got this one while, uh, while I was cooking. Something happens in the kitchen when I'm cooking. I don't know. I was actually at the sink. God met me at the sink, you know. And I got that sinking feeling as the Lord was. <laughs> ah, that was a bad one. Uh, no, on the serious side, he, I, did, I did get impressed with something while I was at the sink. And I said, wow. And I believe that the Lord gave, dropped that into my heart because he wanted me to share something tonight. And then, of course, I got a call from Pastor, and I'm so glad he did. Uh, call me and get an opportunity to share some things. What do you say we open our spiritual ears? We spend about a half hour or so, 35 minutes together looking into what God has for us from His Word. Lord, I thank You for our friends that have come out tonight. I pray, Father, that each one would be blessed above and beyond measure. Lord, I know You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think. And our friends that have come tonight, we're coming to hear from You, coming to hear from Heaven. Let this be a word, Father, that manifests your love and your glory in Jesus' name we pray. And I thank you, Lord, that you give us eyes to hear, ears ears to hear, eyes to see. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. In Jesus' name. Friends, I was at the ki- in the kitchen sink doing what I like to do a lot, and that is preparing to cook. I was cooking, and uh, I was uh, carving out... Uh, uh, I was uh, chopping some vegetables and different things, and uh, actually, I was uh, I was getting into an avocado, and uh, the Lord grabbed my attention as I was cutting this avocado and doing the thing that I've done, if not hundreds, maybe thousands of times, and that was open up the avocado, pull out the. Seed. Everybody say it. Pull out the. Seed. And uh, and I was getting ready to throw it away again. Actually, I, I, my wife will t- probably attest to this. I actually have a collection of seeds <laughs> because I always tell myself, you know, I'm going to plant that one day. I'm going to have an avocado tree in my backyard, you know. And uh, so I had a little, a little bowl that I just put these. These Isn't that a big seed, everybody? Can you all see that? I've seen bigger, but that's a pretty good size one. I mean, that's big. That's a big seed. And as I was thrown away, the, the Lord just spoke up and, and said that we need an upgrade in how we see seeds. We need an upgrade. Uh, he's talking to me. I need an upgrade, but I figured I'll bring it out to you too. Y'all need an up- You need an upgrade in how you think about seeds. Hallelujah. So here's, this, is, this whole Bible lesson has to do with me cutting into an avocado. Wow. Everybody said wow. So this seed stood out to me and he said, Your generation doesn't understand the principle of the creative power in the seed. Uh, it said, your generation, this is what your generation does with seeds, which you're just getting ready to do. And I understand, I didn't hear an audible voice. I just felt this in my spirit. We throw seeds away. We look at seeds like they're a bother. We open up an orange or we get, we get grapes and we start to eat the grapes. And then there's seeds and we go, oh, this is the kind, this, this is the kind with seeds in it. It's real sweet and all but the seeds. Or you're getting ready to bite into, uh, 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 a watermelon, and then and then this is this. There, there's there's a couple of watermelons. Some are seedless watermelons, and I think we like those, you know, because you don't have to bother with uh, seeds. Our generation under feels like seeds are something that are just bothersome. We just like get me to the avocado. You cut into the, oh, get rid of that seed. It's all understand. I I grew up in the city, and I'm not a farm person, so I'm a, I'm a city kid. 
So this really connected with me because where I'm concerned, I just go to Trader Joe's and I pick up a bag where these things just happen to be wrapped up in a bag, you know, or a little netting thing. You open it up, you pull it out, and here it is. But, you know, you don't really connect with the process of what happens with the Thank you. We, I don't really, I don't know about you, but I, we have a few people that are, that are into uh, gardening and into, uh, have, have relatives or have worked on a farm, but not this boy. Not the, I grew up on the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> so there's a few things that our generation does with seeds. Number one, uh, they don't understand the principle of the seed and the creative power of the seed. Number two, the generation, uh, they despise seed. We despise it. When, when I bite into a grape and it's got seeds, and oh, oh, this is honey, this is the kind with seeds in it. We, we don't like that. We have the bother of having to spit out the seed. Another thing is, is uh, we discard them, we treat them as insignificant, or we don't know what to do with them. Our, we, uh, let's face it, how many seeds come across your path when you're cooking and they end up going in the garbage? We just, you know, we just, it, we just become callous and we just throw them out, Right? Next time you cook, you'll remember this message. Maybe next time you make guacamole, who knows? <laughs> Another thing that our generation does with seed is that it distorts the seed. There are uh, genetically modified seeds which are genetically engineered, and it's really a weird process. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not a scientist, but I did a little reading how they, they either use a virus or some, something to, to bring it into the seed, or they have a little genetic gun. <laughs> Don't ask me how they do that. And they, they encroach on the DNA of the, of the food. And that you've heard of GMO, or maybe when you're buying, you see a label that says non-GMO. Do you know what that means? Genetically modified organism. Okay, ew, everybody goes, ew. In other words, it's not how God made it. <laughs> but our, our generation distorts the seed. But please understand, uh, this distortion and this lack of respect for the seed or lack of understanding can move in our life in a detrimental way where we become uh, callous to what seeds do and what God ordained them to do. Friends, from the beginning of creation, God created things in this way. He said, if you turn with me to Genesis 1, chapter 11, and verse 12, look what he said. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed, and the fruit that yields fruit according to its kind. This is in the New King James Version. Genesis 1, verse 11, whose seed, everybody say seed, is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And verse 12 says, and the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields what? Seed according to what? Its kind. That the tree, uh, the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Just think about this. I won't go too deeply in this, but in so many arenas in our life, people are, are, are trying to go against the law of Genesis, where putting the seed, uh, the seed, no, we don't have to live by the seed. We could, we could put, we could not put any seed at all and get some, and get something good. Or we could put the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, sow the wrong thing and still be okay. It's still okay. You could do whatever you want. But friends, the law of Genesis still exists because my Bible says in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22, look at that with me. While the earth remains, 
Look what he says. This is what he said. He set it in motion. He, he declared that seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall what? Shall not cease. Friends, no matter how much people try to deny the law of seed time and harvest, it exists. And it doesn't just exist in agriculture. Jesus used the agricultural example, and that's what we started our session with today. But seed time and harvest works in the entirety of our life. That's how God created. And we have been given responsibility over the earth and our life to be, if you will, a stewards of this of this creative power, the seeds that have been entrusted to us. And whereas we have in the natural gotten used to throwing seeds away, we are held responsible before the Lord, no, not to plant avocado trees, we're held responsible before the Lord to constantly be sowing the right seed. If somebody said amen. I feel, I feel the gears turning. I'm, we're only like five minutes into this. Is somebody still here? Okay. So let's look, let's look a little further at this. Let's, let's, first of all, let's obliterate the uh, humanistic thinking that says you can do anything you want to do as long as it feels good and you're going to be all right. That's wrong. That's absolute heresy and that's straight from the pit of hell. Galatians 6, verse 7 and 8. Look what it says. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he will also what? For he who sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he, help me now. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap what? Everlasting life. Now this, this, this little... This little uh, scripture here, the enemy works against it in much the same way he worked against Eve. When he said, you know, she says, you know, if I eat that fruit, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to die. And he went, you shall not surely die. He tries to talk against it. Let's look at that verse for just a minute because it's key. It says, first of all, don't be deceived, which, which is to say that a lot of people are. A lot of people are doing whatever they very well please, saying whatever they very well want to say, living whatever way they very well want to live. Hello, having whatever attitudes catering to whatever they want. And they think that things are going to be okay. Well, it's not going to be okay because what you're sowing, you're also going to reap it back. But we have a God of love and mercy. Yes, we do, friends. We do have a God of love and mercy. If you repent and pray for crop failure, he'll help stop the mess. (laughs) But on the other hand, when you start setting spirit, we're talking about laws, spiritual laws and natural laws into motion. I mean, there's not a whole lot, you know, once you set laws that God set in motion, then what are you going to do to, to stop it? I mean, it'll take, do you want to live your life by miracles every day? By, by the way, some people sow the wrong seeds. They need a miracle every, they need more than one miracle every day. So, you know, by, by misunderstanding or not having respect for the law that God set in motion, many, many Christians and really many people live life in a, in a very difficult place because they have set spiritual laws into motion. They've sown seeds that they really don't want in their life. And they don't know, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? Why does God do this to me? No, God didn't do this to you. You did it by sowing the wrong seed. 
or you did it by not sowing the right seed. Why are my kids rebelling? They're, because you didn't sow the right seed. In, in a sense, I've got to be careful there because there's free will, you understand. But by and large, if you train up a child and you sow seeds into them, even though there might be something that happens, they will come back. It's a promise from Scripture. They will walk with God. Let me read that in the Amplified. Don't be deceived. Do not be deceived in the Amplified Galatians 6, 7 and deluded and misled. God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained or mocked by mere uh, pretenses, professions and for people or organizations that set his principles, his precepts aside. Notice it says, he inevitably deludes himself who attempts to delude God for whatsoever a man sows that and that only he's going to reap. So, if you want a ship, you better send a ship out. <laughs> All right, let's move into that. The thought here is that spiritual and natural, that, that law of seed, it's still in existence today. You know, he said, while the earth remaineth, there will be seed time and harvest. Now that we got everybody's attention, God wants, instead of despising the seed, God wants us to understand, recognize, and respect, value the seed, and work the system of seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Have you ever uh, met with people or heard about this? About how, hey, that person, they're just working the system. You know, like, like the job, they pay you by the hour. And if you work five minutes past, you know, like five minutes. So, so they'll claim a whole hour of, of labor. Hello. And then, they, and then they're just kind of kicking around, not doing nothing. Well, they're working the system. The system said, like, like if, if, you, if you go like five, ten minutes into the hour, you could get paid the whole hour. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't claim that, but there's a whole lot of people I worked with when I was working in a certain government position. They were doing that. They were like so taking advantage and working the system. Well, God has a seed system. He wants to make sure that, we're, that we are working the seed system in the right way. He wants to make sure that as Christians, as people of authority, as sons and daughters of the Most High, what are we doing? We're making sure that we're not neglecting to use the seeds that He's given us to use. Amen. Now, here's some thoughts about seeds. So that as we, as we endeavor to work seeds, first of all, uh, all seeds are significant, whether for good or for evil. And, you know... Uh, we don't have time to get into it. That's why I'm probably, I'm going to get another session, yay, to, to talk more about different kinds of seeds. But, you know, uh, seeds can be words. Seeds could be actions. You know, your deeds are seeds. <laughs> you know, they, they most definitely are. And, and, of course, your words are seeds. The Word of God is seed. Uh, so, many, so many things like that, they are seed. And, you know, when you exercise and you sow a seed like that, seeds are going to come back to you. If you really think you can get away with, you know, husband uh, speaking poorly to your wife or, or yelling at the kids in, in, in ill humor and, and uh, uh, swearing at people on the freeway and that, you, you think you can get away with that, those seeds come back. If you, if you feel like you can cheat, by the way, the Bible talks about us being uncompromisingly righteous. I trust that everyone in the room is doing their level best to continue to move in the direction of uncompromisingly righteousness. You know, righteous, like, like you know, has everybody arrived? No, but we should be pressing toward the mark of being uncompromisingly righteous. 
when you find that little packet of, of, of razors on the ground and you pick it up and you're like, hey, this is unopened. Hmm. And you go look around, nobody's looking and it's out and you go, well, I guess it's mine then, you know, finders keepers. But you know, God will prick your conscience and help you to say, you know, maybe I should go above and beyond and do the right thing. Let me call the stores in the area to make sure that that maybe somebody, I know this is a very expensive piece, this, this razor thing. Let me call in the area. And all it took was one phone call. It's like, oops, absolutely the case. But speak with the manager and they say, yep, it was missing. We had a customer come back and say, I don't know what happened, but it wasn't in my bag. Well, evidently they dropped it in the parking lot. Hello. So do you think it's righteousness to say, okay, let me just, let's just return that then. Not finders keepers, but let's get it back to who it belongs to. Wow. Does stuff like that happen? You know, the, uh, uh, how about, how about, uh, 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 ATM go crazy and all these 20 bills flying and you, oh, God's blessing me today. Oh yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, profuse favor about it. No, honey, the machine's broken and somebody that doesn't belong to you. Okay, honey, that's just, yeah. Oh yeah. Righteous, uncompromisingly righteous. So all those things are seeds. When you sow that seed, when you do the right thing, when you work righteousness, that's a seed. Amen. Amen. Here's another thought. Don't let the size of a seed fool you. A kind word or whatever you do, don't let it fool you. Don't, don't you think that... It, it, see, seeds will always create, whether for good or evil. Here's, a, here's the, the parable of the mustard seed in Matthew 13, 31 and 32. Can you look at that with me, please? The purpose for me bringing this scripture out to you is that we... Our flesh is loves sensationalism. Our flesh really likes big seeds. You see this big avocado seed? This, that's, it took the seed like this to get my attention. I'm sure if I would have had a... What are those other things... Those uh, mangoes or something. They're big old seeds. They're huge seeds. But I, I'm sure he might have got my attention with that one. But since I don't have mangoes all the time, it was this one. So this is the biggest seed I've seen in my house. Okay. So look what it says. It says here, the, the purpose for this is for me, don't yield to sensationalism when it comes for you as uh, uh, sowing seeds in whatever form they might be. Are you ready for this? Let's read that together. What do you say? Okay. Where were we? Matthew, the parable of the mustard seed. Another parable he put forth to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. What a great picture to show you that, you know, uh, parents, when you spend that little bit of, when you spend that time with your kids and you're sowing righteousness into your kids, or, or husbands, when you're spending time with your wife, or how about friends when you're faithful to one another, and just the the little things in life, you follow what I'm saying? Just the little things, being conscientious and being kind. Do those seeds count? Yes, they do. They are preparing ground and will there be an increase for that? Absolutely, there'll be an increase for that. So let's not be sensational about how huge uh, the seeds are in size. Just know that when God gives you seed and you put it in, it's going to produce because the Genesis principle is in it. Everybody said Amen. Here's another thing we know about seeds, the three P's, that there's a process, there's a progression, and and there's patience that's involved. And that's found in Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. Notice what it says in the Message Bible, if I may read this. It says here in the Message Bible, Mark 4, 26 through 29, it says this, Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like seed thrown 
on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed sprouts and grows. He has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First the green stem of grass, then a bud, and then the ripened grain. And when the grain is fully formed, he reaps, and it's harvest time. And of course, in King James, we say the blade, the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Here the thought is this. It takes time for a seed to germinate and develop. Is that right? So you, you must be patient when you're sowing your, the right seeds. Let's say you are with a coworker that's mistreating you. And uh, you are, you've made up your mind that you are going to sow love. Didn't Jesus say, pray for those that despitefully use you? Didn't he say that? And those that curse you? So they curse you, but you bring coffee and donuts. All right, bagels, healthy, whole grain. Um, <laughs> Okay, Jamba Juice, forget the coffee. I felt something on that. So, you're bringing good things. You're, you're blessing instead of cursing. You're sowing seed, aren't you? That's sowing a seed. That's what Jesus said, you know, to, to do. To, that's how you're supposed to treat people. Your behavior is a seed. So, how do we get there? But, you know, the first day you do that, you know, you probably, it won't make much impact but you see, that's like you just sowed the seed in the ground. Some of you need to hear this. There might be something, some stress on the job. Somebody's not treating you right. But you know, the first time you do something nice, they won't notice. It'll be like same old. They'll still yell at you. They'll still treat you whatever way with disrespect and the whole thing. But then the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the third week, and you just keep coming up love. No matter what they throw at you, you just keep coming up love. Hello? Don't you know that seed is taking root? But see, if you were to just say, oh, forget this, you know, I'm not going to get it. Then you give up and then you start talking the same trash they're talking. Hello, you've just pulled up your seed. But we're not those kind that pull up seeds, are we? We're going to see, we're going to see the goodness of God. We're going to let the seed do its work. The seed, the seed. So there's progression, there's there's process, progression, and there's patience that's needed, friends. It takes Time And before you know it, there'll be an opportunity for you to actually connect with that worker, be they a boss or a co-worker or someone that works under you. And God will open a door and their heart will be open and receptive to you. Why? Because the seed will not return void. Amen. So let's look at a couple other things about seed. Let's see. <laughs> the, uh, here's another thing about seed. Hmm. The amount counts. You know, we, we, we often think... Like the size is what counts. It's got to be a big seed. No, it's not. According to what I found in Second uh, Corinthians 9, 6 in the King James Version talks about people that he that sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly and he that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. So the thought here is, uh, I like actually the Message Bible. Let me read the last verse. You don't have to turn there. Uh, but in uh, stingy planter gets stingy crop, lavish planter gets lavish crop. You know, uh, the thought here is, is that uh, the more seed that you put in, like if somebody's being really mean to you, you sow lots of seed of kindness, not just one thing. (laughs) Every, at every turn, you're doing nice. Every turn, you're walking in love. Amen. So don't just, don't just leave it as, as a, as a one-time thing. Here's an interesting thought. Soil counts. Soil counts. Uh, Mark 4, you're very familiar with this scripture. 
you know, talks about the seed being sown. And this is the, actually the parable of the sower. Let's take a little time with that one. Shall we do that? Take, let's take a little time with that one. It says in Mark 4 and verse 20, Those sown on good ground, well-adapted soil, are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit some 30 times as much, some uh, 60 times as much, and even 100 times as much. Here's a, here's a thought about seed. Seed will, is always meant to be exponential. Like when you put one thing in, you're not just going to get one thing out. You're going to get many times over what you put in. That's how seeds work. In fact, I am convinced if we knew that that's how seeds work, we would stop throwing things away, opportunities to sow these things, and we'd put them in the ground. Be it, be it an, an act where you have to go out of your way, you know, to sow some seeds. You have to go out of your way. I mean, let's say as far as this is concerned, somebody has to go out of their way and say, okay, I recognize this seed. Okay, I'm going to put toothpicks in it. How many of you did experiments when you were kids? I'm going to put toothpicks in it. I'm going to put it in a glass, you know, of water, toothpicks. And then I'm going to put it in the water so that part of it's showing just the tips in the water. And watch what happens. And, of course, if you did the experiment with your science class, wow, something opened up and something started going like this and started happening. Right? So you had to go through the trouble of that. And then after a certain amount, I guess you have to put it in dirt, right? You have to go to the trouble of getting some dirt and putting it in the soil. Soil counts, friends. But see, uh, talking about the process here, he's talking about the well-adapted soil. And of course, he's, in this case, many times in church, we're, we're talking about Christians when they're hearing the word, are you good soil? Are you good dirt? <laughs> I want you to treat me like dirt. Good dirt, how you sow something into me. <laughs> but the thought is this. Uh, did you know everybody has dirt? <laughs> I'm talking about every, everyone has soil is what I'm trying to say. They're, they're all soil. All human beings, even, even, even unsaved people. And, and the way that I like to think of it is this way. Even godless people, they have soil that needs to be worked and prepared and received. And that's why your testimony is so incredibly important. I was, uh, I was reading a little bit about tilling the soil. And, uh, and notice what the prophet said uh, about soil. Jeremiah in chapter 4 verse 3 says, For thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. Now I'm getting at something with this, so stay with me. It's only 8.12, you know. Jeremiah 4.3, Thus saith the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break, and the men at Hayward, men and women at Hayward, California, somebody said amen, Break up the fallow ground. Now, we don't know what that means very much because we're not farmers and maybe that's Old English or something. But let me tell you what I found out about fallow ground. Fallow ground is usable. It's usable. It's not worthless. It's usable. The only problem with it is that it's, 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 it's gotten hard because it's settled and compacted, but it's still got potential. Now, think about this for a second. So, fallow ground is unusable, and it is also in a state of being... Excuse me. Fallow ground is usable, and it's in an, in a, it is in a state of being unused. So, to bring that to fruition, what they would have to do is they would have to plow, right? And because it's hard, you know, it prevents seed from penetrating. You can't put the seed in if it's hard. So, you have to do something. Now, here's a thought. We have prayer meetings coming up at the end of this month. We're believing God big for men's hearts. 
You know, somebody says, oh, they're talking about seeds again. They're talking about sowing. Oh, just, the church just wants money. No, they don't. We want souls, friends. We want souls. Give me a soul. Part of your tearing up the fallow ground in the hearts of those lousy fellow employees, of course, not here at Heart of the Bay, of course, <laughs> in your job, <laughs> is your behavior, your attitude. That's like the plow. Like you're changing their heart. You're softening their heart by your attitudes. Or you're hardening their heart further by your attitudes. Ooh, got real quiet. You know, if you swore the same way they swore, like some people say, like if you smoke the same brand of, 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 of marijuana that they smoked, I mean, what kind of witnesses? You're just hardening them, right? But if you show yourself coming up love every time, That is a way of you tearing up and loosening up, getting that heart loosened up and ready because eventually there's a seed that's going to be sown. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. So, I mean, the same thing is true for your kids or for relationships. Let's talk about kids. It gets real quiet when you talk about sex and kids in church. (laughs) You know, sometimes things get really, really quiet with those kids, man. You know, those teenager kids, like, oh my goodness, right? It could get tense. Attitudes can flow, or more appropriately, attitudes can glow, because <laughs> they don't always flow. <laughs> but you know, it takes a heart of wisdom so that you can work with that heart, so that you can break up that hard heart with love and earn the right to speak into their life. That's worth your trip right there. We need to earn the right to be able to speak into the lives of people and put a good seed in there. Without your seed, they're not going to make it. They need what you've got. So, where does this leave us? We've got to watch what we're sowing so that we could uh, watch our attitudes so that we could earn their trust. So here's a question. How's your testimony, friends? What are you sowing? Well, here's a thought. Just This is a little aside. Ooh, 816. Here's, a, here's an aside for you. First of all, please don't let it be gossip at the coffee pot. These six things, Proverbs, Proverbs 6, verse 16 through 19. These six things, the Lord hates them, man. The seven is an abomination to him. The, that's, the seventh one is the real bad one. So, of course, you know, you could see that, yes, a proud look, lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Verse 18, a heart that devised wicked plans, feet that are swift to run into wish, uh, uh, evil, and a false, false witness that speaks lies. But here's the one he really doesn't like. One who sows discord among the brethren. Dear Lord, don't go in your company and sow discord. Don't go on your team and sow discord. Don't go into your family and sow discord. God hates that. So, question is out. Can I sow discord? No, I'm not saying S-E-W-S-O-W. Can I plant discord? Can I plant anger? Can I plant division? Yeah, you can. The unfortunate thing... (laughs) God created us in His own image, and that's another message, but He created us in His own image with creative power to sow seed. The enemy can't do that. He's another class of being. But you are, and you have the capacity to sow death 
Wow, you have the capacity to sow division and break up. You can break up a marriage. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. You can lead a young person to be so offended that they'll walk away from Christ. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes if that happened. But that's why it's so important for us to sow the right. Thank you. Don't sow discord among your workers, among your family members. Look at what it says in Proverbs 16, 28. A troublemaker. Ooh, this is the New Living Translation. You can sow. Did you know it's possible? to? So I want to get off of this real fast because it's getting depressing. Somebody said amen. Trouble and strife. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates best of friends. Now, you know, I don't know if you've, I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe I do. Have you ever had a friendship just go really bad? Didn't it break your heart? It's like, you know, when you used to be really, really good friends and then something came up and there was a misunderstanding and then it just like makes your heart just ache and you keep trying to fix it. And the more you try to fix it, it just gets worse. And you try to be nice and it just gets worse. You know, there's a high stress level involved in that. And basically, I wouldn't want to be a person that goes around dividing people. Do not be a divider. Be one that brings people together. So anyway, those are seeds that you can sow. But thank God you can sow better seeds. You can sow seeds of unity. Amen. Your life, listen, they're watching us. And your life is an epistle known and read of all men. 2 Corinthians 3.2. They may never crack a Bible open, but they're watching you. Your kids are watching you. You're on trial. <laughs> what are you doing with, with the seeds you show? But I, I like this one. Look at this. Here's a thought. Go to Deuteronomy 6. This is worth it. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. Look at this. Of course, the word of God is seed. You know, the sower sows the word. And here, I love this little passage of scripture in the Amplified Bible. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 7. Can you see it up there? Let's, let me read this or let's read it together. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with your entire being and with all your might. Your example in front of the world, your kids, your wife and the devil. <laughs> It speaks loud and clear. It's a seed. Your life, your whole life is a seed. Don't go around telling people you need to love God and you don't love them yourself. Hello. Look at this. And these words that I'm commanding you this day shall be first in your own mind and in your heart. First, here's a great example of sowing right seed, friends, fathers, mothers, older brothers. First. Sow it in your own heart and in your own mind so they can believe you. (laughs) Make sure that you have it. And notice how he says it in verse 7. You shall wet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate. You got to work at putting these seeds in. It doesn't happen by accident. And teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. Tonight's short session is not really about teaching your kids, but you know, if you lose your kids, that's horrible. I mean, what good is it if you lose, if you win the world, but lose your own house? But the principle here is we're really talking about something else, but the principle holds. First of all, you get that seed and you make sure that you've got it inside your heart and that you're, and that you're alive and connected to God. Amen. Amen. And then when it comes to sowing seed, it's do, you can say, do as I do. 
You know, a lot of say, don't do as I do, do as I say. That doesn't work. That doesn't, do as, don't do as I do, do as I say. That don't work. You're telling your kids not to drink and get soused, but you're telling them while you're soused? That doesn't work. You're telling your kids, keep your cool, but you, while you're, you've lost your cool and you're yelling at them and throwing things across the room while you're telling them that they're supposed to keep their cool. That doesn't work. It's the wrong seed. <laughs> Sends the wrong message. It, it corrupts the soil. Anything that hardens the heart corrupts the soil. Think about that. Think about that. You know, the, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We've got to be so, so mindful of what God's given us to be, uh, you know, stewards over. This seed He's given us. But anyway, I thought it was really interesting. You're going to sharpen these words so that you can make them, make it penetrate. See, it's, 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 it's the word... It's the seed that you're sowing. You know, when you're going to put that love into that coworker that's being so nasty to you, you know, you're going to make sure you put that seed in. You've got to really, sometimes you've got to work at it. Yeah. You've got to grind it in. You've got to really put that in there. Go out of your way to put that love in there. <laughs> and they'll know you're, you're Christians by your, love. by your love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, that's right. Well, we're just about ready to wrap it up. But let me tell you something that will make it really easy, a lot easier. We're having prayer meetings at the end of this month, and we're believing God real big for a lot of miracles in our families. A lot of miracles for our coworkers. So, I mean, so many of you out there, you have sons and daughters that really need a miracle. You've got a mom and a dad that really need a miracle. They need, to, they need to turn their heart over to God or get back to God. How many out there, am I talking to somebody tonight? We need miracles. Well, guess what? This is a season of miracles, and we're going to see it. We're going to do what it says in Zechariah 10. I'm going to first read for you a little section of Scripture in Hosea 10.12. Bring that up for me so I could read it for him. Hosea 10.12. Notice what it says here. So we're going to be praying for, for, the, for people that they'll have a connection with God and we're getting ready to sow these seeds. But also there's something else we can do. We need to sow for yourselves righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it's time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers of righteousness on you. Showers of righteousness on you. I like that scripture. And then Zechariah 10 says, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of what? The latter rain. So the Lord shall make bright clouds and give them showers of rain to everyone what? Grass in the field. If you've done any weeding, you know that it's really hard to pull up weeds when it's bone dry out there. But after a little light rain, it kind of loosens the? I said it loosens the? One more time, it loosens the? We need to pray for rain. You can talk till you're blue in the face. You can try to reason with mom, dad, teenage kid, whatever. Ungodly cigar blowing whatever. And it won't do you a thing until you get the rain. You need the rain. Something amazing happens when the rain falls. And I so appreciate what, what uh, Pastor Mark Brzee shared about. It's time for the former and the latter rain. Glory is falling, friends. The glory is here. We're not saying, oh God, please send the glory. No, the glory is here. We need to pray for a perpetual deluge of rain on the souls and on the spirits of our kids, our moms, our dads, all those people that when you raise your hand, we need miracles in our family. We need the rain of the Spirit. Somebody said amen. amen. 
So anyway, and, and we, you could play the, pray this in behalf of these people. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains, Psalm 126.6. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. There's so many people that are dry and parched and, and, and drought-stricken. But you know what? Those who plant their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest so that those that went off with heavy hearts will come laughing with armloads of blessing. How many of you know people that are depressed? They really are depressed. That they're so sad and they feel like there's, it's hopeless. Of course, I see every, a lot of heads going, yeah. You know, they need a serious dose of the rain and the seed which you're going to carry. Hallelujah. So here's a thought. Have confidence in the seed system. And at this point, I'm going to uh, invite my assistant, uh, Vanna White, to go... <laughs> And step right over here, dear uh, uh, Sister Vanna. Okay, so let's review what we learned tonight. Pastor Tom was at the sink doing what? Hold this, please, Vanna. What was he doing? He was cutting the... And he found a very large... Uh, show, uh, Vanna, Vanna, the, the seed. Yes. And then, okay. Yeah. Now... Before, before I do the last one, I, I, I'm going to bring... Vanna's going to help us with the last one in just a minute. Stand there, Miss Vanna. Just hold up those things. <laughs> Never despise the seed. Easter's coming. I'm holding a few seeds here. Look at these. These are like seeds, huh? We should be taking these really cool little deals. Look at this one. This says, this, is, this looks like an iPhone and you open it up and it says, God's got an app for your needs. Amen. That's cool. I'd say that's relevant. Hey, come on. We look forward to seeing you. Look at that. This is like a seed. Your smile is like a seed. Well, that, you know, I'm not like, you know, Tony and Rachel Herrera. I mean, I can't go up to strange strangers and talk to them. I get real shy. Take your little seed, friend, and put that little seed, put that smile out there. Show some love. Be brave. You can do this. Look at this one. This one, it says, an empty grave, a risen Lord, a loving God. Wow. You can do this. Everybody say, I can do this. You know, these little, these are like little seeds. Can my little seed, what did Jesus say about little seeds? He said, don't, he said, basically, even though that one seed looks so small, yet it can develop into something very great. But I got to tell you something. You got to do something with it. Now, I'm going to finish with this little story. It's kind of cool, and Vanna White's going to help me. Ever since, in the year 2000, I purchased, we purchased a home in San Leandro. And from day one, I've wanted an avocado tree. Oh, I love avocados. I just like avocados. Where's my brother? Yeah, he's got an avocado. You know what I'm talking about. He planted one in his yard. I keep saying, but somebody said, you can't plant an avocado tree. It takes a long time. I've been at that house for 10 years. If I would have planted an avocado tree back then, I would be having avocados now. Yeah. Like, like Jack, I like Jack Hayford's uh, mom. She was in her 70s and she went, I read this, that she was going to college. And they said, I'd like to get my, my degree. And, they, and, and, the, and the counselor put his glasses down. Hey, can I borrow these, honey? Put his glasses down and said, uh, dear, um, I really appreciate your uh, enthusiasm for upper education. Um, uh, exa- I'm just uh, uh, exaggerating a little bit, but I, he did say this. He says, I mean, how old are you? 
So, I mean, you're going to be 80 what by the time that you get your degree? And the lady, I love it, she answered him and said, I'm going to be 80 whatever anyway. <laughs> so, I might as well get my degree. You know, yay. <laughs> That's Jack Hayford's mom. And so, so, here's a thought. Somebody says, you know, it takes, it takes five years for an avocado tree. I don't know how long it takes, but it takes five years for it to develop. Well, you should say like... So, put it in the ground. Friend, these little tracks, these little tracks and stuff, you know, these little seeds, they're no good just sitting there. You've got to stop despising the seeds that you've got. You've got to use them. You've got to put them in the ground. So, guess what happened? This last season, Vanna, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's almost the moment of truth. How many of you want to see Vanna do her thing? Hallelujah. Okay, watch this, watch this. This, when was it, Christmas? Christmas. This Christmas, my older sister brought something and wanted to surprise her young brother with something. Vanna, would you please unveil it? A large applause, please, for what Vanna White is about to bring forward. This is what she brought me. <laughs> that's right. Now, yeah, that's good. Bring it down here, Vanna, so people could see. Can y'all see the top of that so y'all see what it is? What is it, everybody? Say it again. What is it? You know, I had thrown away so many of these hundreds, if not thousands of them, you know, throwing them away and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I had a yard. Oh, yeah, it was only this big. It was just a stem with nothing. Had a couple of did little baby whatever. So look at it now, like wow, she put it. Let's see, she put it in dirt. <laughs> My sister did the little toothpick thing, like we were talking about, and she put it in the dirt. And look, yeah. Raul, look. <laughs> you have a little competition, Raul. <laughs> Friends, it doesn't do you any good putting it in the garbage. If you want to harvest, you've got to sow it. If you want love from your spouse or your kids, you got to sow it. If you want love, a little understanding here, from your coworkers, you have to sow it. If you want to have friends, you have to sow and show yourself friendly. So, let's close with this thought. We've been given this treasure in earthen vessels. We understand, be patient, therefore, it says in James 5, 7, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. Never despise your seed. You may not be a very talkative person, but you can surely, you can hand somebody a little invitation. I know. Say, I can do this. I can do this. Now, I'd say that at least 100% of you can do this. Just hand it to somebody. You can even do it incognito and be talking at the phone or something and just kind of sit it down and kind of... <laughs> you can do this. You could sow seeds. Divine seeds with creative power to change people's lives. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that you set into motion the law of seed time and harvest. We are, Father, learning tonight about seeds. I thank you and I praise you that you sent the ultimate seed. Jesus was a seed. And he said that unless a seed or a kernel of corn fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. Speaking of himself. But if it goes into the earth and he dies, then he will come back and bring 
much increase. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And really, that's what he's asking us to do. Our life is supposed to be invested as a seed. I pray for my friends tonight. May they walk, Father God, with a greater confidence of the law of seed time and harvest. Let them know, Father, that when they put their hand to something to sow a seed of love or kindness, that they are going to see rewards for that that it shall come to pass. You said, My word shall not return void to me, but it shall accomplish that for which I please. Well, not get discouraged or faint-hearted because we know you're at work. Amen, everybody, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Let's give God a shout.